Hello everyone, and welcome to your Uncle's Beach House episode 45. I'm Jackson, I'm joined by M. Manga time! Yeah, and Rick's back! Hello, I'm back. Hello, Rick, hello. This is somewhat of a special case for how we handle beach houses. Uh, normally, uh, we do one episode uh, we, where we cover something, and that's the episode's an hour long. Uh, and Rick, you're like, I want you to read uh, Akira. Uh, and we decided to do this one volume at a time. So it's going to be shorter podcasts, but we'll actually get into more of the meat of the like interesting stuff in the middle volumes because that's what we'd like gloss over yeah. in a more broad summary. And we thought uh, Akira deserved that approach. The the plan is to do like one volume, probably like every six to eight weeks. Like I don't want to go more than two months without doing one. Yes. Um, and however long these are is however long they are. I, I'm going to guess they're going to be like no more than half an hour, probably like 20 minutes. You, you see the number. You can see the number. This um, one might be longer as we get like some of the like yes. historical place yeah, setting yeah. of uh, yeah. what it meant to publish uh, Akira. Oh, I guess Akira. I, this is one of the ones where I know how it is pronounced, but because it was it became yes. so big in the West, it's impossible. Uh, I feel like saying Akira is some Boku no Hero Academia shit. I mean, I definitely grew <laughs> up saying Akira, but I, I will I will be saying Akira, or be, at least trying to, because uh, I can read Japanese and I know how to pronounce Japanese if, words. If it came out today, Akira, I see it, I know it, I understand it instantly, but because it just has the history, I just go that way. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's me being wrong. I don't know. Open to me being wrong. No, it is the children show. who are wrong. <laughs> yeah, fair, fair enough. Um, but uh, before everyone yells at me for saying Akira, that that was why I did that. Anyway, I was gonna let I was gonna be nice to you and just not mention it. So <laughs> just gonna hang it. Just gonna mention it. Cut off the pasta. I'm not here. Asuka. This is Asuka. Right. Exactly. <laughs> um, anyway, Akira is uh, the manga uh, written by uh, Katsuhiro Otomo. Uh, this came out in Japan uh, between 1982 and 1990, which means the movie Akira happens while this comic is being made, much like Nausicaa in the Valley of the Wind, um, which is kind of when you first got us on to maybe we should do Akira someday. Uh, Tomo obviously wrote Domu before this, uh, which we covered with Rick last time Rick was on, and that was a great manga. And I was I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm ready to read Akira. Um, my background i guess is i've seen this i saw this movie as a teenager i've seen it a couple times i remember being really impressed the first time i saw it and every time i've watched the movie since then i have liked it less i just think it's like a very pretty movie with a lot happening and i just don't care about any of it so i came into this knowing that people like the manga in like a different way they're like no you could you should still read the manga there's probably stuff you're gonna grab onto i already like the manga more than the movie i'll say that in this first volume (laughs) That, that's where I was as well. Uh, I, I watched the movie. It was one of the first anime movies I saw, and I haven't seen it since then, and I didn't find it that great. Um, I, I found, like, the uh, the emotional stuff in the movie kind of flat in a way that I already don't know about the comic. And I'm going to revisit the movie after this. Maybe I'll appreciate it more. Because, uh, like I said, it's still fairly young, and definitely was very new to anime when I was watching it. Uh, but I remember coming out of it being like... I don't know if this movie like w- works hanging all the stuff on the te- uh, Tetsuo Canada stuff because that's like the emotional core of the movie in the way that it did not. It's all it's already not in the comic, <laughs> like six issues in. Uh, clearly, like oh, this stuff, the like jealousy stuff, is the easiest thing to hang a mass market movie on, and uh, the the, <laughs> the manga is going in so many different directions with this already uh, that I'm very excited. I I I really really like what I've read so far. So I read this from the library at first, I think. It was a long time ago. But it was after I saw the movie. I don't think I've met anyone who's done it the other way around. 
that's be hard to do, I think, to yes. come into them the other way around. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you just have to be getting into anime and manga for the first time now, right? Like, yeah. And I we see, read. I could definitely see a teenager now reading the manga w- w- before you. Oh yeah, it. for sure. I I mean and, I feel like like Akira is like this is the movie you have to watch is a opinion of our generations. Uh, me I don't even my, think of it as an opinion of your generation. My, I think my it's generation of like my generation and older. Yeah, but like I, it, it came to my generation because I was listening to like podcasts of people from yes. your generation, right? Like so. I've at talked, this point, I've talked on Gotham City Limits. I think that Akira is definitely the movie that everyone working on Batman has seen. I yes. can guarantee. I mean, obviously, there's people who worked on Akira who working on Batman, but I mean, on the Western side, everyone's seen Akira there. I just believe that's true. Yeah. So, do do you want the comic connection to that? I yeah. would love the comic connections. Okay. So, um, in 1980, do, what do you both know about Epic Comics at all? I know it's literally a Marvel nothing. thing. Yeah, I know that this is also called Marvel Editions, but I learned this from looking up the <laughs> Akira volumes, not from. I assumed I assumed it was Marvel's like attempt to do like almost like an image style thing earlier. So they uh, put out a magazine called Epic Illustrated in the early '80s that was based on heavy metal. Oh, and it was okay. just getting a bunch of artists in together to do stuff, and then they started an imprint based on the name of the magazine that was basically their Vertigo in the '80s. Mm-hmm. Yes, and it ran until '96. And then they got going a guy to do stuff for their magazine in '83. Oh, sick! Which started the um, the uh, the like the, the talking to people over there. And then later on, they got into with Atomo, and then they started doing this. And the studio doing uh, it's in the credits for the Marvel versions, but it's called Mashroom. Is Otomo Studio like he's his st- staff is the people doing like the retouchings and the flippings. All the art for that stuff is all from them going back to America. And then he's doing touch-ups on the script and the coloring, too, with Steve Olaf, who he picked deliberately to do the colors. And then the last piece of this is the edit. one of the editors on the Marvel version is Mark Cellarello, who you might know as the editor for Solo Wednesday Comics and Batman Black and White, where Otomo has a story in. Yes. <laughs> yeah, which all comes back around to Batman and all that stuff. I uh, don't remember Otomo's Batman one, but I have to find it and read it at this point. <laughs> I've been meaning to revisit Batman Black and White anyway, because I'm I need some Batman comics that are good. If you listen to Gotham City Limits, you know I'm struggling through some bad Batman right now. <laughs> you have picked like the Batman of your nemesis that you've chosen, not necessarily <laughs> the worst Batman, but the Batman that can make the you suffer the most. The thing is, it's beloved Batman. I just happen to not like it. <laughs> That's true. I liked it, it two beloved. decades ago, or a decade ago, whenever it was. I think it's only a decade ago. I think it's down oh, yeah, whatever. I liked it when I read it at the time. <laughs> um, speaking of colors, though, that version looks really good. <laughs> yeah, so I'm reading the Marvel, like the epic releases from 88, um, which are colorized, like you said, um, it's incredible. I just because it's done in like the sensibilities of the time, but these are like these are like they're digital art, right? Like I think the thing said it was uh it might be. I'm not sure there about was, that. Let actually. me see. Let's see. Okay. Uh 88 would be that be oh, that'd be close. Yeah, it's the first ongoing comic book to feature computer coloring. Uh, the coloring is more subtle uh, than Japanese technology at the time, mm-hmm. um, and revolutionized the way colors are co- color, the way comics are colorized is what they said. And you know what? Absolutely, it's incredible. <laughs> it's fucking wild how it looks. Like it's it's muted and like, but like still in like a, they're not doing a ton of like colors, but the the way in which they do like you know gradients into each other and like the backgrounds and stuff just makes everything pop in a way that evokes like four color printing by but being more muted and interesting about it. it's just you'd never you'd never see this today and it looks wonderful and i will say that 
having read all of it, it gets it gets it looks better as it goes on. As they get used to their process, the colors look so much better later on. It's incredible. Yeah, because uh, it uh, seems really cool. Yeah, because the way in which it's like depicted in like you know just like everything is very dark all the time, and it's often characters like in various shadows. Like it goes from blue shadows to like red shadows just all the time. Like that's just what the book looks like in this, like especially this volume. Uh, is just a, it's just very good. I'm very impressed by it. Also, reading the uh, side by side, uh, the color versions look more claustrophobic because of the color. Like yes. the, the black and white versions look way more like wide open. You can see everything. It I almost thought the panels were like actually shrunk in some of the yes. cases because it looked really claustrophobic in the color versions. Yeah, um, yeah. It just it just becomes like overwhelming how much yeah. is like you are it, being assaulted by the the panels there. But it, it's good. I mean, obviously, it preserves all the line work, and Otomo knows how to draw the shit out of a comic. Uh, so, and then in 1999, there was a French version. Oh, really? And then in 2000, this is, there's the Dark Horse version, which is, I believe, a combination of all of the above. Yes. So okay. I've, I'm reading the Dark Horse version, which when I chose it, I was like, oh, I'll read the like new one. There's like a modern way of how uh, manga is localized, and then we'll compare that. And it, But it's not quite that, because it's still left to right, uh, and it's it's been re, um, re-lettered, and they've read on the sound effects, which are from the French version. Uh, so it's actually like a weird mishmash. This is fucking yes. uh, versions of Final Fantasy One happening here for comics. And then the thing is, like, I know the Kodansha version just has Japanese sound effects, and then they have like end notes for what they are, which is I hate it. I think I that's that. the wrong way to take manga. I, I truly hate whenever I see uh, one of those things where it just says SFX whatever at the top of every panel. Yeah, um, I love that I, in some versions of co- I, some comics. There are some really times where I'm like, if either <laughs> it's funny or it's like, you know. It costs money, right, to have oh, all yeah. of that uh, redrawn. That is a, that is a more expensive thing. Now, and it's like comics, it's like a very boutique skill set that like doing yes. well means it's is so a lot hard. of work. Because yes. you can do that and ruin it. You can like really add some stuff that ruin the, the feel. So I, I do understand. I'm not, I'm not judging comics when they don't do it, but I do love when there's like really considered uh, yes. like English lettering that's been redone. Also, they only art. printed the right to left versions in hardcover. Yeah, and they never did it ever again. Yeah, those are the big boxes, right? The ones that are sold out entirely. Yes, yes yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Which I always looked at back in the day in like the uh, like bookstore, and I was like, I'm not going to pay this much for this book that I don't know I if had, I like or not. <laughs> I had all the contents of the box, so I didn't want the box. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> yeah, so we should probably get into the plot, right? Yeah, okay. <laughs> or the, the stuff. <laughs> yeah, so that, 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 that's the like history of these versions. Uh, they're cool. Uh, we're very excited. I, yeah, I'm reading the Dark Horse one. You're reading uh, Marvel. The Marvel one. And I, I, I'm peeking into the Marvel one. Yep. It looks fantastic. Yes. <laughs> okay, I'll briefly summarize. Okay. Uh, in 1982, in the Japanese version, or 1992 in the English version, World War III happens, because Tokyo uh, was not about to explode. It did explode. <laughs> uh, Nick went off. World War III happened. It is now, depending on the version... Do they do they change the numbers back in like the modern printing? I do think they it's go in the back movie. To... Okay. Because... Um, Wikipedia says uh, 2019, and it's 2030 in the version I'm reading uh-huh. when this takes place. It's Neo Tokyo has been built uh, in Tokyo Bay on like a island, and they're about to host the 32nd Olympic Games, which are the games that happened in 2020, or <laughs> happened this year, in fact, just finished. <laughs> um, and uh, there's a bit in mine, I guess it's in the All English version, where it goes to, where it shows the side and it says 2031 Olympic Games. And I was like, it's fucking weird to see the Olympics were pushed a year. I didn't realize that it was like pushed 11 years, I guess. They just took the whole war off. <laughs> yes. 
Um, but in a world where the Olympics did just happen in 2021 and we're going to deal with another Olympics very soon, that's weird. It's just fucking weird. Yeah, no. Yeah. When a global catastrophe caused the uh, Olympics in Tokyo to be delayed. Yes. <laughs> Um, so this, this city sucks. There's a bunch of like roving gangs. Um, there's a bunch of like terrorists. The government is cracking down and is, is very militarized. Uh, people can discern the difference between army and, and like the cops, but no one, like, it seems like that line is thin. They're like, ah, there's, there's more soldiers than our cops this time. That's unique. Something's going on here. Um, and there is a, uh, there's a bicycle, there's a, a motorcycle gang, uh, led by Kanada, who is our main character, um, uh, who has a bunch of guys with them, including Tetsuo. Uh, and if you've seen Akira, obviously, like, him, Tetsuo is like, they're like, they have this very antagonistic brother relationship where Canada's the guy's in charge and he's always like enforcing his will on the group. And Tetsuo's like, Oh, I could make a decision now and then I'd be good at it too. And Canada's like, No, you wouldn't shut up. Uh, and they're, they're riding around and they, uh, Tetsuo gets in a bike crash because he sees a weird child ghost, uh, who has like an old man's face. And this is a, a psychic child. Um, and in that, in like in interacting with that thing gives Tetsuo the like awakens these latent psychic powers, which gets the government agents who are trying to marshal this child back uh, to their base uh, on his tail. Um, and they take him in um, and exploit the part where he feels inferior to Canada and wants to like do stuff to encourage him to go with them and work. And then when he breaks out, as he inevitably does with much increased psychic powers, he starts his own gang trying to control the drug flow in the city because he needs drugs to keep his brain from like trying to kill him uh seemingly because he just gets splitting headaches if he's not constantly drugged by drugs that would kill normal humans uh meanwhile Canada gets wrapped up with Kay, who's a woman who works with a terrorist organization uh she has like an older brother figure who's not actually a brother named ryu um originally kind of like oh am i messing with something here and she's like no but also i'm not interested in you um <laughs> and they end up on the run uh as the colonel uh who's in charge of all of the psychic kids uh shikishima is after them um and he's trying to get a project called akira it's unclear like obviously i've seen the movie and i kind of know what akira is but the whole thing is that he wants a massive budget to prevent Akira from like waking up or being ready when Akira does wake up and we see Akira as a big dome in a basement uh Final Fantasy 7 invented nothing um, yes <laughs> he goes down the fucking uh Shadow Moses, elevator. <laughs> uh, uh, elevator I guess the Ava elevator too the whole thing yes. this is this is ab- this manga is absolutely Norska levels of uh I love everything that elevator is so much yes yes um and uh so Kanada finds out that Tetsuo started, he took over this like clown gang. It's just the Batman Beyond Jokers gang. Um, and Kanada decides, oh, we need to do something about this because he's like making things worse. That's not what we do. We're like, we're, we're, we're not good guys, but we're not like actively trying to hurt people the way Tetsuo's gang is. And also he's messling it on our turf. Um, and they defeat the clown gang, but Tetsuo's psychic powers make it very difficult for anyone to do anything to him. And in the battle, uh, Tetsuo, uh, Kanada has Tetsuo at gunpoint and uh can't fire but Yamagata his like second command picks up the gun and tries to fire hits uh Tetsuo uh but then gets his head exploded for his trouble uh, that and... kind of actually shoots him after he gets his head exploded yes yeah 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 um so yeah and, and then uh Tetsuo gets uh, pulled back in by the colonel colonel the, the final panel is colonel being like ah good job number whatever number is I don't remember the number 41 41 41 it's a really cool panel it is fight really cool so because cool. it's like him just looking up at the the colonel looming over him, and then there's a helicopter like right above him, like framing his head. It's really good. It's also the bit where he does eat the 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 pill that is 
too much for anyone and then yes. dies and then wakes back up. Yes. And kind of yelled at him for being sent back out of hell. Yes, even 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 hell didn't want you. It's great. Uh, it's, yeah, and then yeah, that's volume one. Yeah, uh, yeah, this is fantastic. So the thing that shocked you, the thing that surprised me, uh, having seen the movie, obviously, um, is this. This feels like it spends more time with like the idea of like this bike gang sucks. Canada is like not a character that is like sympathetic in this in this book Not in a way where like i feel like he's presumed the protagonist in like a very traditional anime way in the in the movie um and in this it's just like he's a shitty kid he's got he's got his he's got his like girlfriend who's like the the nurse at the school that they work in he's so shitty to her yes and it just treats her like garbage and he's using her to like funnel drugs that he's selling on the streets the body um, language or- in that scene is drawn so well yes like, you can just tell that entire relationship in those three pages. It's incredible. Yeah. Um, and there's just more time spent on, like, they, they, they're they in a school that is just a prison. Like, it's it's just a prison. It spends, a, like, a good time in that school depicting it as a miserable place that generates people who cannot function in society in the way that they cannot function in society. In just a way that I thought was, like, really good. And you, you need to take the time. And I don't – it's been a couple of years since I've seen the movie. I don't remember the movie taking the time for this stuff. Yes, because so much of my memory of the movie, and I can't tell how much of this is, like, true, or how much of this is memory and the fact that I was a very depressed, like, 18-year-old when I watched it, mm-hmm. um, is that this is a movie about, like, uh, you know, Tetsuo wants to ride the bike, and Canada won't let him ride the bike because he's the cool protagonist, but Tetsuo wants to be the cool protagonist, and when he tries, it goes fucking bad for the world. Uh, and that's just not really here, because it's so much more about the spaces they're in. Everyone's a product of this city. You feel the city way more. Uh, which is like how I always hear uh, Akira talked about, but uh, reading the manga, I'm like, oh, I, I get it. I instantly get it. This fucking awful place, this weird uh, like fascist hellscape rebuilt after a, after a war uh, has just made everyone disaffected uh, in all of these uh, really, really well illustrated ways. Because like you said, like the, the body language, uh, the, like the places they hang out in, everything is just so well drawn and it gets us across very quickly. One of my favorite things in this book is there are these two guys. There's a guy in a suit with a tie, and there's a guy with a hat I've only ever seen at golf courses and in crime movies. Do you know the two guys I'm talking about? Yes. No. Okay. What are you talking about? The, there's there's Ryu Second, who's the guy in the hat that I only ever see at golf courses. That oh, yes. hat that goes the over his head. Cap. And there's the guy yes. who works for the colonel who shows up at their bar and tags mm-hmm. them all. as, And then all then like 40 cops show up. Yes, and then they, and then he meets him later, and they have a knife fight in the back alley in like three pages. Yeah, I love that story so much, and it's like four of these pages. Yeah, it's just little things like that, and I don't know the, neither of them have names yet. Uh, the way the manga like spends so much time setting up because we've got lots of different groups, relationships between them, uh, crossovers between how their like stories interacting, and also like it really, really works to um justify why it's all happening with these high school kids. Uh yeah. I feel like that's just something that you can often get like presumed into because it's manga or anime, right? And it's yes. going to have a teenage protagonist. In um, fact, the, the manga spends a lot of time with the adults going, why are we hanging out with this fucking child? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um <laughs> And because we use uh, right hand man, it's like I could just kill him for you right now. It'd be easy. I wouldn't even think about it. It'd be fine. He'd be out of our hair. <laughs> and Connor's in the back, like bemoaning yeah. his bike. He's like, "Where's my bike? It's probably lonely." 
Uh, yep. <laughs> it's it's really good. It's 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 the way in which like okay, so they see they see the uh, the first kid uh, in the first scene, and that brings both Tetsuo and Canada into it, and they recognize them later, and they you know it it doesn't just feel like oh coincidence they all fall into the plot. Uh, it's it's just very well structured, um, and uh, yeah. Well, kind of falls into the plot because he wants he's hitting on Kai. Yes. Yes. Right, because he chases when she walks into the bar. Kai. Yeah. <laughs> And they all want her to like step on them. <laughs> oh, they suck so bad. <laughs> I, um, and that's different too. Um, in the in the Marvel one, they all say, have a line when she walks into the bar. In the Darkest one, it's just a sound effect over all four of them. Oh, I don't have that page up, but it's so funny. Uh, the Marvel one adds some like just uh, general expository narration because this is like one of the big differences between manga and comics. In uh, at least like back in the day. Uh, less of a difference now, even though there are other many pronouncements. But like, I was reading some like really old Tezuka stuff because I was like had a bunch of manga. I was like, I'm just gonna go through this. Let me, I'll read the uh, sci-fi trilogy he did, uh, that early one. And I was reading that, and I was like, right, this is in the 50s, um, uh, 40s and 50s, and none of these have like you know, Tezuka's manga doesn't have narration in the way that I think of old comics as having uh, omniscient third-person narrator, like the voice of a comic book. Uh, and they add some of that in uh, to the Marvel mm-hmm. one. Like, uh, just, just, just not that much, not, 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 uh, not like not too much, but they do add a little bit of that in formally to like set the scene for for the Western audience. Hmm. Yeah. Um. I. Uh, it's interesting to me because like we read Domo and Domo was like really self contained because this is was already scoped to be like a much bigger thing. Like he's like, I'm just gonna make the, the a big epic. The the pacing on this, like we're obviously all in setup, but I think the setup's like really good about like really getting into these characters are bouncing off each other in a lot of interesting ways. There's a bit where uh Kanada's taken to uh Kai's like like her, the room she's staying in in like the, the the resistance cell or whatever and he's like oh this is a nice place she's like that's great because you're staying in here and like kind of like puts him in there or whatever um and it's like it's it's shitty it's like a tiny little cell it's got like a phone and like a like a wasp wash basin and a bed or whatever but then we see his place and his place is literally like a fallout area like in the yes. game fallout like it's just a miserable and she says like this place sucks you suck you're just like a shitty smelly teen and i hate you um and then uh you know, dashing young protagonist goes to like kiss her and she tries to push him off. And it turns out he, he grabbed her gun. That was his, it was his move to grab her gun from her. Um, and, uh, he locks her in the, that room and like the weird, the way in which those two things marry each other. I think it's just good. It like th- these two characters are interesting in that, like they are, they are your main duo, but like the, 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 the presumption that they're going to end up together, like just isn't there in the same way in a way that I like, she fucking hates this guy and has good reason to, he sucks. But I I also like the way um, Canada's presentation of the way he sucks has changed throughout this arc, which is that mm-hmm. I wouldn't say he's like super developed, but the, the moment with the gun is like he he starts out just earnestly being the shitty guy yes. running fucking drugs uh, through through his pregnant uh, girlfriend at high school, uh, who he's using to like examine the most illegal substances that he's ever found. <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, and just like, you know, nasty piece of work, uh, shitty guy. Um, but eventually, like, by becoming... It's not like a redemption thing. You know, far more, it's an actual story. So, like, that lens doesn't work. But he understands his role as performance. Like, there's parts where he is earnestly just trying to hit on girls and be shitty. But then he just starts doing that in order to, like, lower their suspicions so he can steal that gun. Yeah. Uh, there's also a bit, like... 
uh, in the first big like run in with the resistance, or whatever, he gets a, a truck and like drives up and rescues them from the like military police. And everyone's shocked that he showed up. And like, I like the idea, like he's, he is the leader of a criminal gang because that's the space he's allowed to like ascend to in the world that he lives in. And the minute like another opportunity shows up, he finds that his skills are applicable somewhere else and is like willing to like expand up at, like in a different direction and be part of this. Like mm-hmm. getting roped in is not a thing that he clearly wants to do but he's 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 roped in he's part of the resistance now also uh, the bit early on when uh he's with kai and she shoots that guy and he asks he talks to the guard if he's asking me if he's still alive he's completely freaked out by what's going on that the the those panels are like genuinely some of the most fantastic panels because he's like cornered in the alley and then there's like a glint in behind which is her and then the next panel is just like this guy, his face gone, slumped against the wall. Yes, uh, the best. Uh, yeah, just an amazing one, expression of one like, of the violence. best small details in this book is if you watch for like little cylinders of light because you can see Otomo drawing like the light turning as people turn. So like motorcycle headlights, guns, flashlights, all that kind of stuff. You can watch them like move along the page to the mm. to the, how the cylinders are drawn on the page. It's incredible stuff. Yes. Uh, there's one page when um, one of the like gang members is being chased down by Tetsuo. It's in um, on mine. It's like uh, it's in vo- volume or issue five or whatever. But it, you just see the three lights in the distance as the bike is like tilted, coming towards it, and it cuts to <laughs> like uh, Tetsuo just like framed in shadow with like the headlight casting like you know like spooky flashlight. You know when you point a flashlight like a campfire up to your face and it casts those kind of like eerie shadows uh-huh. uh, framed like that. It's incredible. That's yeah. an amazing panel because that it's not only is that panel incredible but like the page it comes in is actually just a single page right because mm-hmm. it's when they're discussing we have to do something about this uh this whole like gang situation. Yes, it's li- it's after Canada founds out Tetsuo's in charge and yeah, there's just there's just a cutaway of two pages of the first page is that guy getting knocked off his bike and then looking up and the second page is Tetsuo approaches. Yeah. That's all and you it, need. It's entirely it's, it's not it's not a scene it is like a cutaway to establish the mood of what it means to have uh, a psychic damaged teenager in charge of an evil motorcycle <laughs> clown gang. Yes. There's also something um, I noticed the first time this time which is uh the panel that Ryu pulls out a gun and starts shooting is the first panel that Otomo breaks the he has someone reach out of the panels oh really i didn't notice Th- that That's that cool. that panel with the with the gun firing is the first panel that someone reaches out like yeah someone literally breaks the panel with a gun that's interesting because i i think of these as like really traditionally paneled books. uh-huh they um, are up a lot of the time yeah yeah, yeah. There's a couple of like really, really, really cool. Oh, yeah, I found it. Man, that's yeah. sick. It's the first time it happens in the whole comic. Yeah, sweet. Uh, there's another. There's another bit where um, this one's not a showy, but like he's talking to some guy. Uh, he's uh, he's up the stairs. The guy is down at the bottom of the stairs, and the cops come in. Um, I guess the army they they show up. Oh yeah, uh, they that found the cell. So and then there's one. There's then there's like cuts between their two faces with like a diagonal panel break, like as if it was the staircase. And then which leads directly into that other guy just being riddled with bullets. And I it it, it wasn't like a show. I was just reading this like this is amazing paneling. This is just so good. Uh, Something else I love too is that like you get glimpses of what's going on really, but only like five people in this comic know what's actually going on. Like, yeah. it's the colonel, it's that main scientist, and then it's the three kids. And I think that's it. Yeah. And also, it's tr- like, fighting over, like, scraps, basically. <laughs> uh, I really like the colonel. I think as this archetype, yes. he's, a, he's a great one of these. He's so mm-hmm. good. 
Such a hard ass. <laughs> I love him. He's he's a shitty hardest guy. Um but I think they're pretty good at making him uh I was about to say not evil, but that's not the what I mean is like he is his evil is the evil of like the thing he is doing. He's not really going out of his way to torture people because he's a sicko villain, right? He's no, just he, the colonel of the military. There's, there's the budget scene where he where he's with all the city people and he's like, Okay, this is my budget. Like this is this is an this is immense. Like we can't give you this amount of money. He's like, You don't understand. This is the conservative version. Any amount you cut past this tens of thousands of people will die and when he stands up and talks to these people he is generationally younger than everyone else in the room like he's a person who grew up during the war and they did not they they were probably already in power when the war happened like that's the difference between everyone else in the room and him yeah I mean, this stuff is just like, oh, he's Gendo. This is, he's doing some Gendo shit here. But like, uh, not. Uh, but the thing is, like, the way in which it's pitched so far is that he is trying to prevent a disaster that is going to happen yes. one way or another. Like, he's trying to stop the next nuclear explosion that wipes out Tokyo. Yeah. Um, and he's going to do, yeah, like, if, if some kids get chewed up out of that, it's worth it. Because that's just what happens sometimes. And the way he's depicted is, like, the character who's, like, rationally trying to, like, solve this problem that's going to happen one way or another. It makes him, like he's not sympathetic but he's like a character that like you're not like i'm not like he's he's not a cartoon villain he's not the guy from avatar right yes yeah exactly um he also has a, a stringer bell scene where uh, the are you are you really writing notes during a criminal conspiracy when he comes when he lands and they have the lights on he's like our secret yeah, base like, is here you like, idiots this is our secret base turn the lights off <laughs> and canada's right there being like what the fuck are these lights doing <laughs> His speech in that in that cold bunker too is really great. And then and then and then, which is not a thing I expected to be, because obviously there's lots of things that are stolen from this, but there's, there's, there's one direct thing that is clearly inspired by this next scene uh, that I just wouldn't have uh, seen coming. Uh, the fucking uh, escape from Grosnagrad from Metal Gear Solid Three happens. Oh, the with bike, the, same uh, the platforms. <laughs> With the platforms and the sewer and the falling down the thing, it's literally uh, Big Boss running away from Gross the Grad. Uh, no, the, thing I, the thing I like about that is like, there, there's a sense they get split up, or whatever, and they're they're like, oh, they need to reunite. And then the way in which they take these circuitous routes, both of them, and end up on other sides of like this big sewer like chasm. They're on like like the third tier of like a giant sewer room. Is just real like the sense of space and spectacle to that is like the like police skiff comes down Tetsuo's side and like turns and like banks right in front of K is just incredible. I'm like, man, this is the shit. This is the stuff that like it makes this like a comic that understands action in a way that like blows most comics I'm reading out of the water. Yeah, Kai has I didn't a sick want... jump there too. He like flies over the Yes. And grabs on the handle. I, I didn't want to be mean, uh, because I know this is a controversial opinion. Uh, but uh I, I you know, I read Appleseed, I don't like I Shara's art is so busy and I think the action's really hard to read. Um, <laughs> this is like just as busy, but the action is so easy to read. Yes. This is one of the so I never read Understanding Comics, mm-hmm. but uh, this is one of the three books I've read at the like when I was younger. That it's like basically just put all those lessons in my head because mm-hmm. you can yeah. you can just you read this you can read this in like half an hour if you really want to. It just mm-hmm. flies, and you think you're reading it too fast, you're missing stuff, but it's working so well that you're not. Yeah, it's just like incredibly well laid out with like a real like powerful sense of place that like we read when we read domo we talked about like the way in which it used like a very small like you know apartment block is like it's it's landscape of its big psychic battle and how much that that constraint worked this ends up feeling like 
this like the action could spill out anywhere, but everywhere feels like denoted and established. You like understand what the space looks like. Yeah. Um, there's even like a really good, it ends up not being like, you think it's going to be like an action area and it ends up not being where in the final, uh, part of this Tetsuo gets like basically like treed into a warehouse where, uh, he's, he's like, he's, he's injured and he's stuck against like, like a bunch of equipment. And you, you see the frame of him like pinned down in the back of this warehouse's, uh, enemy approach. And then the door shuts and all you see is the, the warehouse explode outwards and you know what happened. But like the way in which it like even establishes places that it's not going to use as like really concrete evocative spaces is really good. And then when Ken, Canada follows him back into that warehouse. That yes. double page spread where it shows what's inside that warehouse is so good. Mm-hmm. Where he's crouched against the the forklift and there's just bodies strewn against every wall. And what did you make of the horror in this, or when it showed up? I mean, it's not like this is like this is like splatter stuff right like it's meant yeah, to be yeah. uh, like it's aggressive in that it's like shocking violence that comes out of nowhere but um i think that like it's it's fine it's i wouldn't call it like particularly like chilling or anything but it is the way in which it's done uh is interesting in comparison to domo because it feels like domo feels like like a like a almost like an elemental battle of like good and evil or whatever like, like these are these are the new guns the way it's portrayed in this in a way that, like, I think is, like, really important. Like, you see people, like, getting shot and getting, like, in fist fights or whatever, uh, you know, get hit with, like, guys wielding weapons on bikes. Uh, and then now there's a new gun, which is this guy makes people's heads explode. Just, like, ruins them. Uh, and that... I think the way in which that feels like an escalation of, like, the violence that's already happening in the world is, like, really different and, uh, like, interesting. The bit where there's a hospital is so good. Right? Mm-hmm. meets that guy in the hallway who's having his tea. And then there's a, there's a page where it's the top line is... The guy asking, how'd you get out of your cell? And then the next three panels were him on top of the building looking out over the city. Yes. And then you go back to that like four pages later. He's just like a smear against the wall. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. So good. But then like, like this, this volume ends with like, he, he kills, uh, what's that guy's name? Yamagata. Yeah. Yamagata. But like Tetsuo getting shot in the gut is also portrayed as like a, a horrific thing that happens. Like oh, yeah. it's bad. It it hurts. It, it, he is wounded. It is like not insignificant. Um, and like firing the gun and like Tetsuo using his psychic powers are put equivalent in a way that I think is like really good. Yeah, we gotta get done dirty in the movie. I don't remember any of the Yamagata stuff. You'll have yeah, to go back I'm, to it when you when you see it. It's 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 funny. <laughs> I, I'm still hang. I'm still like deciding whether it would be funnier to uh, watch the movie when I'm done with this, or watch the movie at like volume four when it wait till the end. Actually, yeah, I should, probably, till- well, I should probably just see the comic. But I was like, <laughs> it would be really funny to watch it at the point it comes out in the manga being released because it's uh, it's hilarious. It's like what a weird overlap. It's like after volume five or something. I think four is mostly done by the time the movie comes out. I'm not sure though. I probably want, I'll probably read the manga because that's probably the better way to do it. I was just like, this is really funny. I think there was the there's also unique... something where people thought it might have, might have only been five, but then it was six. I don't know. There's some weird stuff in like reporting on it. Yeah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I am yeah. excited to go back to the movie because I I just don't I don't remember I I rem- I. The Tetsuo stuff here is so different at the, in my mind. I don't, like I said, I don't know if that is just me well, reading the, the movie clowns are barely there. a thing in the movie also. Right. The, the clowns are barely a thing. Cause, but here, the way Tetsuo is portrayed is like, there's there's literally one scene of like maybe six panels at the start before everything happens. Where mm. we actually see the real relationship of Tetsuo mm. and Canada. Uh, and it's like, uh, you know, 
Tetsuo's like, oh, I, I can drive ahead, and Kaido's like, yeah, sure you can, asshole. Uh, and it, it's mostly jovial, and they're mostly fine, um, f- you know, even though they're, like, you know, by the standards of these completely fucked up, unable to communicate uh, kids. Um, and then everything that happens after is more is at least here and maybe in the movies as well well i'll have to revisit uh more of a result of just the fact that uh he's had his brain destroyed by the government <laughs> um <laughs> and not like oh this is happening because he's so sad uh about what? the like it's just like that happened to be the thing he he was feeling and like whatever he was feeling would have been amplified by the shit that the violence has done but but also I like the way in which he comes out like there's like a scene where he's riding his bike out with the other gang like just like being the clowns or whatever um and he's riding using his like psychic abilities to steer his arms are crossed and he's like yes. just, it's a very vegeta pose to me <laughs> the <laughs> he way he is like vegeta <laughs> um and um there's something about like the way in which like this pulls from like you know like 50s like like fiction about like you know rival like greaser gangs or whatever right like the only way in which someone can like aspire to be greater is to dethrone the person who is like your mentor and be better than them like that's the only depiction for what success looks like in the world they live in because there's no actual mobility in society for them you have to just overthrow your mentor and be him yes but i mean like the 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 this comes off more structurally because of both yes. the changes to Tetsuo and yes. the changes to Canada being like a way shittier guy. Yeah. Uh, rather than it being a story about like, sometimes you get sad when you're not the anime protagonist. Yeah, yeah. He, yeah. Yes, I, my my memory of the movie is Tetsuo way more as like the shitty little brother character that Canada's like, look, it'll be, he just couldn't, couldn't connect to him fast enough for him not to turn evil or whatever, right? Yeah, like, yes. <laughs> there was so much of the like, him reaching out and being like, oh, don't turn evil. And then, yeah. But this is just like, it's, by the time he's taken by the government he's gone tetsuo has fucking left the building uh like he it's still him and it's still like coming from his emotions but you see the like trauma and the uh just creation of what they've done to these kids more yes. well there's also uh, like specifically everyone other than kanada and uh yamagata when they talk about tetsuo is like this is not the same person yes and they don't they don't seem to believe it but everyone else fundamentally believes whatever came out of that lab is, is tetsuo i guess but not not in the way that matters Right. It is not put up like a, oh, the Tetsuo has come back to like mistreat us for our crime. You know, it's not like a, the emotional stuff is just so uh, cited for the face of the like actual. Yes. Uh, and there's even there's even a bit happen. where the colonel is talking to one of the guys. He's like, okay, we're going to take this kid and we're going to make him one of these psychics. Should we, do we do that with people this old? Like he's too old. And they're like, no, 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 we've, <laughs> we've done as late as 18 before. The Jedi. Um, yes. <laughs> yes. I immediately thought of like Jedi child soldier program. <laughs> Also, the numbers are, if you think about the numbers, right? Because they mentioned Akira was 28. Mm-hmm. And then um, uh, uh, Takahashi's 27. Mm-hmm. And then he's 41. So uh, there's a kind of a gap there. Yes. <laughs> so something happened. <laughs> yes. I assume most of them don't make it because we see, like, the little girl who's in bed, like, just shriveled up. Um, and it doesn't seem like the two other psychics we see are, like, doing well, you know? His hover car is really cool, though. His hover car is really cool. There's the one bit that's like the most domu is when uh, they have that encounter in like the the like the aqueduct, know, like yeah, like the aqueduct, and he causes like all of the underside to like buckle up, and it's like this is this is the one tease you get of where the psychic powers are going to go by the end <laughs> of this, and it's really good. That bit's really funny because it has uh, one of the classic like 
in the localization, we've put in some uh, swear words that were not in the original. <laughs> oh, really? Swear word. There's a bit where he gets through, and I think it really worked. I think it's a great choice because he's not really been like a. His manga's not that like explicit with the language. Uh, I'm even if it would totally right fit. But then he gets uh, thrown <laughs> up in the air. He just yells, "Holy shit!" Because <laughs> he's been thrown up in the air in an aqua oh, really? that's exploding around. He does yeah. at least in mine. Mine, yeah, I, mine he just goes, "Ah." <laughs> Oh, that might be a change in the in the uh, Dark Horse. That's very there. funny, because <laughs> uh, it's it's a really funny panel. Yeah, one of the funniest changes. Uh, the, the page where Yamagata is uh, reading the paper in class. Mm-hmm. In the Marvel version, it's just like it's like a side panel version of the newspaper, mm-hmm. but the Dark Horse one is just a straight on like new newspaper article. Everything it's really weird change. I don't know why they did that. There's a lot of those in here, like really weird changes. Oh really? I, mean, yeah. I, look, I don't remember where. Um, is that in the first volume? I think it probably has yeah. to be right. It's like hundred. I, I have it by page number because I'm holding the book in my hands. Uh, the other page has a really good bit of graffiti. That's be true to me, Hiroko. I'm saving all my love for you for uh, number four, and then the word, the letter U ever, um, which I just think is good. I I thought it was striking. Also, the panel right after that is an uncolored, at least in the Marvel version, is an uncolored background. It's just white. It's just Tetsuo like in a coat, like hands in pockets, it. and it's white. And it's so striking when this book is defined by just intense color everywhere. Yeah, I have to say, I know it's like colorized manga is not necessarily like. Like I consider it a like thing worth doing for people in the modern era. Like it's just not how it's done. If you can get a hold of these book, this version of this book, it's worth looking at. It's just incredible. Well, it's never done officially. Is the thing? Because mm-hmm. yeah, I, I mean, there's occasionally ones. I think there's like some Dragon Ball Z ones that have been. Oh yeah, yeah, those. Yeah, yeah. Um, but generally speaking, it is like often like fans digitally coloring the raw manga yeah. when, and not what you actually want which is getting the behind also, the scenes like first layer the the colorized dbz just makes it look like those like comic books that are like we took screens from a cartoon and put them <laughs> in a comic book it just yes. it ruins it to me <laughs> there are gundam ones like that like old like 70s ones from showing people the movies or stuff they're just yeah. panels of the animation. yeah movie comics i mean it made sense in a world before especially yeah, before yeah. home video right you like oh i watched the movie I, I get screens from the movie in a book that i can read yeah i, I posted that page yeah, yeah, it's uh, the funniest part here on this this version is the like insert real photograph of just of a woman. <laughs> so funny. Oh, uh, God. Yeah, I don't so, know yeah. where either of these come from. I mean, like the 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 one from the uh, like old the epic version does look like how you would portray a newspaper panel in a uh, you know eighties Western comic. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But also specifically, specifically that one because the 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 text is aligned so vertically, it feels like they wrote over the Japanese, right? Which yes. Is, yeah. It it is just Grozny Grad, isn't it? Oh, that bit, and then when they escape in the sewers, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's literally the Grozny Grad sewer escape. I was like, damn. I mean, you know, he he picked a good thing to steal from. It yeah. it looks great here. Uh, it comes across well in the game. I like both, uh, but I, it was not a thing I was expect. Like for all the things that I I saw in this this book, that I was very like, yeah, cool. Of course, everything's stealth from this. Uh, that was one that caught me off guard. Okay. I just noticed because we're looking at this page, the fucking graffiti on this guy's podium. That's just like a hairy naked bottom of a man, uh, <laughs> pointing up to him. So when he stands there, it, the drawing <laughs> makes it look like he's got his dick out. <laughs> Kids never change. The graffiti <laughs> all over the school is like really good. And like a lot of it's like untranslated Japanese, but there's just like, there's a lot of like profane drawings and it's, it's, it's like some of it is translated. It's all like just, it feels right. It, it also, it feels like it's like 
ahead of the curve in like the way in which like 80s dystopian sci-fi student movie like like the substitute happens but i don't think it's out by this time like it this just no. feels like it's very on the pulse of where this kind of fiction was going the stuff on the staircase into the bar is really good too mm-hmm. yeah, like substitute, oh god the substitute's 96 are you kidding me <laughs> that can't be right that's a different thing right but, but this stuff is like 82 and then like you know yeah uh because by the time you get to like battle royale this is like everywhere this is like yeah a, a i mean by then genre. by then it's almost a pastiche like making yes. fun of this kind of genre right yes that reminds me of the, the 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 scene where they go to the guy's bar and the secret service guys harass him mm-hmm. so good <laughs> like when they burn up his liquor license for not telling him where the kids went <laughs> yes <laughs> that guy's so shitty too there's that, that's that's the thing actually all the adults in this book are just pieces of shit um the other thing you get with the um, with the Marvel version, if you can acquire it, is back matter that is not uh, replicated anywhere else, including screenshots of the movie um, that are that are like, ah, oh, yes, they've they've made an incredible motion picture. Otomo himself like worked on the movie, which is not typically how this works. Um, and there's just like a picture <laughs> of Otomo at like the press conference for the movie, uh, insert with like screen grabs of the movie. Uh, it's incredible. Um, there's, there's even a bit like, can a saga designed for 1800 pages of comics fit into two hours of on-screen time? Otomo has boldly reconstructed the comic storyline, parentheses, not yet completed, end parentheses, uh, keeping the same theme, but striving for greater simplicity to allow for full cinematic effect. Um, incredible. <laughs> and those continue all throughout. There's, there's also in the last, uh, in the second last issue of the, the last two issues of that version, there are fill-in comics by Marvel creators at the time. Mm-hmm. Like English Akira comics in the back of it just to fill space. That's so oh, wow. good. It's very, they're very weird. And I believe one of them's in retrospect really shitty because it's Warren Ellis written, I believe. Oh, great. Of course, yeah. Uh, and then the last issue has a bunch of pinups. Incredible. Yeah, um... On these, there's like, there's a whole bit, like in the first couple of issues, it's just like a written, almost like at the end of Phoenix, where it had like the written material that's like about Otomo's life and about his influences. And it's like, oh, he, you know, um, he graduated from the same place that uh, Ishinomori came from. And he made Kamen Rider and Cyborg 009. Maybe you've heard of it. <laughs> um, but just like describing how Japanese comics are planned and distributed in a way that's like, you just need to tell the, you need to tell the audience. Nobody knows. At this point, we had a sudden and unexplained technical disaster and lost the audio. Uh, but it was uh, ended up being fine. We only lost a couple minutes. Uh, and we were wrapping up anyway. It's been a, longer than we expected for this podcast. I was just going to put a little bit of... Um, you know, just interstitial noise in, but instead, I'm here to give a spoiler warning. Uh, we talk in the final wrap-up bit about our predictions for the rest of the manga as they compare with what happened in the movie. If you've never seen the anime film um, and are reading Akira for the first time along with this beach house, uh, you might want to duck out now, uh, and uh, we'll see you next time. Because uh, <laughs> that's basically all we talk about in this last segment. Uh, and I hadn't planned on doing this way, but actually it works out great. If this happens again, I will also give a warning, because... Maybe there's a few first-time readers here, and we, we've tried to not be specific about uh, how it goes in the anime until now. So, 
thank you for listening and um, enjoy the rest of the podcast or you know don't if you're leaving that's fine too goodbye <laughs> we're back that was the short technical error I don't know what we lost I wasn't that much uh, but um, just gonna uh, just gonna, just gonna find you a clip of Chris Jimo going the hypersonic effect to put in <laughs> <laughs> the hypersonic Which is, effect the, hyper, the hypersonic effect marketing on the movie is like one of the things I remember about Akira <laughs> it's like the one ephemera that's attached to this thing for me which is very funny have you seen the clips i've sent around about todd of todd mcfarlane no so on the animatrix dvd the special features <laughs> i'm already liking a, where this is going <laughs> it, has, it has a it has an hour-long segment on the history of manga to anime to screen mm-hmm. it's incredibly worth your time watching it's hilarious as, as a time capsule and it has todd mcfarlane on it going okay He's gonna. He takes his two hands, puts them back and forth, and says, "Here's how animation works." And he puts his hand across each other to show you that they're moving two still images across each other. It's the funniest clip in the goddamn universe. It's good. <laughs> uh, I just got need to retweet uh, Casey's stomach filing tweet. <laughs> Always. Those intros are so good. <laughs> so funny. Uh, I I I don't know when I'm gonna watch that because you know I don't keep my DVD of the the Animatrix lying around these days. Yeah. <laughs> I had the box set. Thank you very much. Did you have that ten DVD box set? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Fucking watch those terrible commentaries with the film critics. Oh, okay. they're the funniest commentaries they're in the world. They're so funny. They're so dumb. And you need to watch that. We, have, we watch have a those? hard out. We have to keep moving. Oh, okay. sorry. No, sorry. No, it's okay. Sorry. We I just promised Destiny this podcast would take forty minutes. And it's about an hour and four. Uh, okay, let's let's finish this up. We've basically set our points. If we uh, were interrupted, that's because the technology failed. Uh, Rick, you had one more thing you want to ask, so, and then we'll uh, wrap this up. M, you don't know what's happening next. What's happening next? Okay, so this is going to spoil the movie Akira, I guess. Is at some point, I mean... I don't remember if Akira fuses with Tetsuo or if Akira is like something else. It's like a, a, a ghost child. Anyway, Tetsuo becomes a big baby and the arena gets swarmed by big baby like flesh. I remember that. That's the thing I remember. Period. <laughs> so what do you think is going to happen in volume two? Um, <laughs> not that. That's the thing. It's like, if you ask me, I'm like, oh, we're like happy with the movie. They'll just wrap it up. Like the big baby thing happens. I don't know how there's five more volumes of this. Um, I'm, I assume we'll get more government stuff and we'll get stuff with the other psychic kids. And I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Um, I guess, I guess the thing that would happen is more bureau- bureaucracy stuff would be my answer is like there, we get more on the, the like official side of this. Um, and probably like a lot more flashback would be my other guess. Um, is what I think is going to okay. happen. Okay. Right. I just don't know. I just don't know how you stretch the, the what I remember is the rest of the story out for five more uh, volumes. Uh, We're in for a good time. Yeah, I, I don't. I have. I know more because I won't, when I watched the movie, I then read a Wikipedia summary of the uh, manga, which in some ways I remember more than the movie because yeah. uh, it was words. Um, and I, I. Even I have no idea what's going to happen in Volume yes. 2. I can tell you what may be happening in Volume 5, but not in Volume 2. My, my like, enduring memory of, like, the end of Akira is Tetsuo. I assume it's at the Olympic Stadium, like, sitting on a throne and, like, his arm just, like, oozing into, like, weird flesh monstrosity. Yeah, I remember the Olympic Stadium and the big flesh baby. Yeah. Uh, which, um, if that is, like... Uh, I don't, I don't think this is just what's going to happen. But if it ends up being like Norska and happens like within Volume Three, that'll be hilarious. I think that's just going to happen right at the end of the story. Yeah, no. But if uh, that's if that's <laughs> yes, if that happens and then like the book continues past that point into something else, I'd lose my mind. I'd be so happy. <laughs> but I, I can't imagine that actually happening because you know the Norska movie was made so much earlier in the process than yes. the uh, uh, Akira movie. Um, 
but I'm I'm very excited. I'm this is great. Uh, it's going to be hard not to just read the rest of it right now. But uh, reading yes. month to month as volumes are released is like you know that's how people enjoy comics. So um, yeah. I will uh, I'll be joining on. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed the podcast. Thank you for being on, Rick. Oh no problem. That's yeah, we'll be uh, we'll be doing Grand Bomb next. That should be out in a week, probably. Hopefully. I mean, we're recording next weekend, so. Yep. <laughs> um, that seems all right. I've, I've watched a couple episodes. Um, it'll be fun to talk about. So, after that, I think we're doing Weathering with You as a special episode. So, look forward to that. Look forward to all of that. Yeah. Uh... Plugs, Rick. Do you want people to follow you on Twitter or no? Sure, why not? It's at <laughs> Combatler Rick V on Twitter. Do you want to say that again? Because Jackson was laughing over oh, it. Oh, sure. It's Combatler Rick V, which I know now is a V because you guys are doing Volt Five. Yes, Volt is Five. And it's yeah. Combatler V. Yep. Yes, it's yep. Combatler V Volt Five. They say it in the opening too, just so you yep. don't get confused. It's a good opening. That's why I used it. Um, yep. Yeah. Uh, you just post good uh, like manga and anime ephemera, so. It's good. Yeah. Uh, Jackson, plugs. You can find me at headfallsoff at twitter.com. You can find the podcast me and Endu at abnormalmapping.com. Listen to them. They're good. we got to get out of here. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at em underscore being. You can support all the podcasts at patreon.com slash normalmapping. Uh, give us money. What, listen to the Great Gundam Project. We're watching Planetes and Turning Gundam. Turning Gundam's incredible. Planetes seems pretty good, too. It's a great time. Um, and you should do all of that. Thank you, everyone who supported us, uh, especially right now where I'm still looking for a job. And it's, you know, it sucks being unemployed, but I'm glad that I can make these things for people and they can enjoy them. And that's almost enough to live on. So uh, we'll be back. Neo Tokyo has not yet exploded, but it will. Well, it did like 20 years ago. That was well, Tokyo no, that was Tokyo, Tokyo, not Neo Tokyo. Tokyo. <laughs> this is Neo Tokyo. <laughs>